New England Beer Reviews, episode 26, Botanical Gold. My name's TJ Davis, alongside Emily Schick. How are you today? Uh, fuck, I got nothing. Fuck Ramanon. I feel like I've used that. I mean, we'll roll with it, and uh, other than being kind of tired, fine. All right, sounds good, sounds good. Uh, shall we get right into it? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So this is uh, our first beer for the long-awaited Brattleboro Special from Hermit Thrush Botanical Gold. Three, two, one, crack. I did spray my face in the self in the face a little bit, you know. Oh, it's got a great smell. So everything that Hermit Thrush does is a sour. Um. This one specifically is a vermouth-inspired sour ale that was made in collaboration with uh, Vermont Vermouth Company. I wouldn't want to say that fast, but it was aged on... On oh, this word, I'm going to get wrong. But it was aged on oak... Fouge? Froud? Foder? Foder? Fodre? Something. Some sort of uh, oak barrel with herbs and spices. Holy shit, this is great. I mean, I'm not terribly surprised. I feel like we've enjoyed the majority of the stuff that we have had from uh, Hermit Thrush. No, because there was like one that was part of their number series that I thought was like that I thought was vile. Yeah, but. Oh man, what was that one that had like the it was like a gin barrel aged saison or something? Like that was that was really good. Yeah, I can't remember which one that one was, but I remember that one being really good. <laughs> no, this is tasty as hell. Like the herbs and spices come through nicely. It still tastes, you know, I would say tart versus like super mouth puckery. Um you know, just pleasant mouthfeel. Like, I feel like I'm not getting used to the spices, like, not in a bad way. Like, it, it's more of, like, it surprises and delights me every time. If that makes sense. It is very enjoyable. I see what you mean. I'm having a hard time pulling out, like, individual spices. But I, I do like the tartness of it. I, I do agree with you on that, that it's less like puckery and more just like, hmm, that's nice and tart, like mm -hmm. a fresh raspberry. Indeed, but not at all like fruit flavored. Um, It, it does remind me in some ways of a Gruet. But it's not at all a Gruet. It's just reminding me of that because of the herbaceous nature of it. Yeah, exactly. Personally, I would kind of wish that they went a G&T kind of direction or like gin martini. Because I do like the flavors of vermouth, but I think that vermouth is better when balanced, especially in my opinion, with juniper. Yeah, I could see that. But that's more just personal preference. 
Man, I hope that my audio is coming through. At some point, I need to get a new mic that I can actually plug my headphones into so I can really hear what I'm saying instead of just hoping that I'm reading the bars right. Yep. But, the yeah. joys of podcasting. And not knowing what you're doing while you're doing it. <laughs> Woohoo! Isn't that like all of adult life, basically? Oh, Yeah. No, I remember being a kid and like thinking, man, adults have their fucking shit together. And then being an adult and being like, how does anybody have their shit together? But then again, I'm also a lot of a loser. So, I mean, again, my my mother is, you know, was very successful and put together by my age. Cough, cough. I'm not cough, cough. But anyway, (laughs) I mean, I could be doing worse, but still, you know, it's like. It, it gave me a lot of comfort th- to realize that she didn't really feel like a real adult until she was in her 50s. And it's like, okay, that that Still makes me feel time. a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely feel better about myself. All right. So um, we've been teasing this for weeks. This episode, we're going to be talking about our Brattleboro excursion. Woo-hoo. Um ugh. Hence why we're drinking the hermit thrushes that we brought back from when we went to Brattleboro. Um, Did we talk about that whole excursion at all? Like, no, we've been putting it off until we're drinking these. No, I, I, I meant not just like Brattleboro, but I meant did we talk about like why we horror... were so near to Brattleboro to have the excuse of going there? No, feel free to say. So I had to do. God, this was what like fucking three or four weeks ago at this point. I had to do a site visit in Florida, Massachusetts, which was like. At first, it was like, where the fuck is that? And it turns out it's near both Vermont and New York. And it was like, okay. So it's uh, right near North Adams for anybody who actually knows Western Mass at all. We didn't bother going to North Adams because it was like, now let's not go further west. Um, and... And since she had to go so far to do a site visit, I figured I'd come along for the ride to keep her company. Which was a blast. It was a definitely a good choice on my part, I think. Um, we stopped at... Did we talk... I, see, that's the thing. I don't remember. Did we talk about, like, uh, the, the fucking horror tourism we, that we did? N- nope. I, I don't think so. I don't yeah, think I we think... talked about any of that, Brad of oh. All right. So we did a little horror tourism while we were out in Florida. There is a train tunnel that goes beneath, like, a sort of mountainy thing there. It's um, a mountain. Uh, otherwise known as the Tunnel from Hell or the Bloody Pit. Um, several hundred people died in the construction of the tunnel. And, like, when you look into it, it is pitch black. You cannot see shit inside of it. Because uh, it's a five-mile-long tunnel that goes through a mountain that isn't straight (laughs) so there's no way that you're seeing to the opposite end of it but yeah don't don't go walking in there it's a bad idea man yeah i mean i i walked you know almost up to the mouth of it and kind of looked in and it was just like cool and creepy yeah we got like probably a solid what 20 feet away from the mouth of it because I mean, it one is of still those, an like... active train tunnel, so you're like, yeah, let's not like even d- you know go into the end of it because it's like I can't run fast enough to out to get out of the way of a train. Are you fucking and, kidding me? And I just can't run. <laughs> so yeah, didn't go that far. Um, 
but yeah, that was pretty rad. There's like a memorial there and stuff. So that was, that was pretty cool actually. Um, you know, vaguely Halloweeny sort of thing to do. Ooh. Uh, ooh. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so and it was like, all right, let's do some beer tourism on the way back. And it was like, do we try to find something in Mass? Like, where do we go? And then it was like, neither one of us has ever been to Brattleboro, Vermont. And like, it was not that far out of the way considering yeah. where we were. So it's like maybe a half hour from where we were. So yeah, it's it's not bad. And then mm-hmm. I think that since it took us slightly uh, northeast, it actually made our drive shorter going back to your place. So handy dandy. The only problem was it was a Monday in the later afternoon. So I think we got to Brattleboro around like 3 p.m. And it was just like, we're hungry. We need to eat. And fortunately, one of the two open breweries in Brattleboro that, on that day was um, Whetstone. Whetstone Station. So Whetstone Station actually sits right on the Connecticut River. So when you're looking out across the river, you're looking at New Hampshire. And that was pretty cool, actually. Um, and yeah. I mean, the Connecticut, like, I live on the Merrimack River, and, you know, that's, for New England, is actually a reasonably sizable river, and it's like the Connecticut goes, hold my beer. I mean, the Connecticut is one of our big, big rivers. Like, it is, like, I forget what ridiculous percentage of New England is technically part of the Connecticut River watershed, but it's a lot. I mean, that doesn't surprise me. It's probably a decent portion of vermont um, and new hampshire and, and connecticut and hampshire and parts and of mass and parts of mass yeah it's it's fucking huge i mean especially when you get down to the southern parts of it the connecticut is very big like this part was big enough and you know it's up fairly far north in its run or whatever however you want to fucking call it <laughs> It looked like a good place to go tubing until you die. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things, though, that it's like you look at it and you're like, wow, this is big. And then it's like then the, but then you go to other parts of the country in or world and see like actual big rivers like the Mississippi. And you're like, yeah. never mind. Like my cute little New England rivers. Because, yeah, the Mississippi's fucking huge if you've never seen it. It's like, it's impressive as hell. The only place I've crossed the Mississippi, though, is, uh, I think, at least, is Memphis. But. Cool. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So. Um, so while we were getting some food, we also got some beers. Because, you know, it's like half the reason we were there. So we doing beer first or food first? Um, you know, let's do the beer that we had there first and then we can talk about actually, no, we've got to talk about the food first because the food ends up tying into the beer. Ah, yes, that's right. So that means so we got. Okay, so we got Dilly Dilly Pickles, 
which are just oversized dill pickles that they make in-house, which were actually excellent pickles. Um, well, pickle. I thought we got two. No. I think we got two. No. because we each got we, one. No, because oh. we ended up having two different sides with ours, and we ended up sharing mm. the big pickle. Oh, yeah. We got the big pickle and then the station fries, which were fine. I mean, they, they were solid, but... Yeah, um, we, we were just kind of disappointed because we really wanted, I think, poutine. And they yeah. were like, nope, no poutine. So we got, being us, two of the weirdest things on the menu. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I got the Crazy Happy Waitress, which is a grilled Vermont cheddar and cream cheese, uh, grilled cheese, with maple glazed bacon on toasted white bread. Um, I have never... It never occurred to me in my entire life to put cream cheese on a grilled cheese. I mean, maple glazed bacon, sure. Like, yeah. I, oh, I, I mean, can... have you ever done like goat cheese on a grilled cheese or, or no? No, I oh. never have. So like that's kind of similar, but a little more tangy. Yeah. But like that's something. No, you've totally had goat cheese because um, fucking like one of the... It's got like honey and walnuts and arugula and goat cheese. It's a grilled cheese, but I don't think it's Roxy's. It was something oh. that it was something that we got at like uh, packs from one of those food trucks. Oh, it may be like dining car or um, maybe. Oh man, what but the like fuck I, is I remember, I remember the sandwich. So you've definitely had goat cheese on a grilled cheese. But, like, didn't even think about that when you had the cream cheese on it. But the cream cheese was nice. I liked it. Yeah. No, it actually, like, it worked really well, I have to say. And then you got Tim's Awesome Burger. It is. I mean, a Tim's got to represent. <laughs> it's a. Uh. <laughs> Timmer. Yeah. Uh, I hated saying that. Uh. It's a half pound beef burger with maple glazed bacon, Vermont cheddar, he skipped the red onion because it's him. Tomato and peanut butter on a signature pretzel bun. Yep. Peanut butter. <laughs> yeah. I That was one of my favorite burgers at Book's back in the day was the Bukowski, which was like just fucking shit ass sliced dill pickles, peanut butter and bacon on like a shit ass burger. Like the old days of Book's. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I still think about that fucking duck burger, man. That's the one that sticks in my brain. Oh yeah, no, that was awesome. I I fucking hate that the Cambridge one doesn't exist anymore. I but know. like, they essentially did the tip tap thing, but with burgers, and it was great. I feel yeah. like we've talked about this before, but it's always worth mentioning how amazing the Bukowskis in Cambridge was. It Although, is. while I liked the redesign, I did miss the old design. Yeah. That was like 50 sci-fi diner. Oh, yeah. But, god damn, yeah. I, I miss that place. So, back on, we, we went to Whetstone Station that has their own beer. It's called Whetstone Craft Beers. Um, Indeed. The, the, so the first one we had <laughs> was called Born to Run. It was actually a collaboration between Whetstone and Hermit Thrush. No, Born to Run no? wasn't. 
Oh no, that wasn't Born to Run. That's oh, it's the Sour Diesel that's the co- collaboration. Yeah. Anyway, Born yeah, to yeah. Run was a fruited goes that. Oh man, it was uh blood orange. Blood orange. That was pretty solid. I actually yeah. really enjoyed it. I mean, especially for something that was only, I think it was only like a 3.5%. Yeah, 3.5. Very low ABV. But as they put it, it's something that you could be athletic and still enjoy. So after going for a run, you could come in and have some born to run. Yeah, things that things that will never happen <laughs> with either one of us. Yep. Broken bodies for the win, motherfucker. Um, I, I don't that's really okay. know about... I don't really know about for the win. Like just every step I take these days is just feels like either crunch or kachunk. I feel you, bro. Like, I mean, I don't, I, it, it's, it's less of the crunchiness and more of just the, like, why does every part of my body like hurt for no fucking good reason, <laughs> honestly. But anyway, um, totally crushable. Um, gave that one a four. And then yeah. the other well, one... I think that we gave a lot of these like right around four. Four. Just because yeah. we don't like lowering numbers. Although we did, I did lower the next one, the sour diesel. The sour diesel. See, yeah, there was something that was the collaboration between Hermit Thrush and Whetstone. So that was a sour IPA. It didn't have any fruit or anything. It's just a straight sour IPA. And yeah, there was something about it. I can't, I'm trying to remember what quality you said. Like it was like, there was something about the flavor that was off for you where like, I thought it was pretty solid. Yeah. I mean, I can get kind of weird sometimes with especially kettle sours Mm. just because it it often feels like, you know, there's something missing or like, there's just something slightly wrong with the flavor, you know? And I think that that's what happens to me a lot of times with kettle sours. And I'm fairly certain the sour diesel was a kettle sour. IPA. Virtually everything is a kettle sour, honestly. Like very, yeah, very, but very, very, very few things are barrel aged. There nowadays. are a lot of places that can like not that that. Well, I guess honestly, it comes down to that take care of their kettles properly and clean them properly and rinse them thoroughly because i think that's one of the usual that's one of the usual options that i have with a lot of kettle places is they don't necessarily rinse them as thoroughly as they should because i can taste like a combination of like stainless steel and soap yeah um that was not the problem here i think the problem here was in their choice of hops and how that played with the sour on your tongue. Whereas uh, like, yes, it, I remember this now. <laughs> yeah. It was it like where it like, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was a little bit of a jarring combination for me, but I didn't dislike it. Yeah. Again, I gave it a four as well. I, I didn't think it was bad, but there was something that I personally didn't care for about it. Mm. I'm but not I still, say I still lowered their rating a little bit. Yeah, I'm not going to say it's the best sour IPA I've ever had, but like it was. I, oh, I, not, I not even like top twenty. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that's the thing though is it's kind of hard when you're talking about like a basic sour IPA versus like a fruited sour IPA. True. 
and also definitive makes those periodically so like every definitive is automatically above most things in that category like eh, it's like there's only so much you can do but yeah i didn't hate it all right i gotta tell you as my um because i'm about halfway done with this first beer uh well the only beer that we're actually drinking this episode Surprise, surprise. <laughs> but as I drink more of it, it more of that vermouthiness is coming out. Agreed. And I really, I do enjoy it. I I think that this is probably a beer that's better served at around like 48 degrees. Yeah. Instead of like, you know, 38 yeah, I mean, I like I I agree with you. I think that the the flavor is coming al- around and being much more well rounded since like I've been holding it in my hand virtually the entire time, so that gives it an opportunity to kind of warm up a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah, well, like I feel like there the are nose a lot... comes out really really nicely too as it warms. Oh yeah, that scent has really opened up a whole lot. All right, all right, guys, I think we highly recommend Botanical Gold. Uh, it's super tasty. This is probably gonna, I don't know, probably like a 4.25 when I check it in. Yeah, easy. But fantastic. I'm also excited to get to the other ones that we have to, uh, drink this episode too. But I know it'll be a, we're gonna get there when we get there. (laughs) Which probably won't be that long because I'm also like, actually, Uh, I mean, as essentially our almost Halloween episode. It's going to be a weird one, guys, because after this first beer, we've got two hard seltzers. Count them. Two hard seltzers. From Hermit Thrush, so, you know. From Hermit Thrush, so, like, still, you know, tart, fruited, and herbaceous. Indeed. uh, Yeah. Excited to talk about those. Nice. Um, Got it that time. (laughs) All right, so continuing on with Whetstone Station, um, let's see. There's... Oh, and the food was real tasty, too. Like, if you find yourself in Brattleboro and want, like, a pretty good craft beer and some tasty food, highly recommend going to Whetstone Station. Very much agree. So, of course, we had to try, you know, some kind of IPA. So we got Big Stoner because fucking, of course, we did. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> and that was that. So that's their Dippa. And I do wish that, you know, they said what hops they used in it. I'm always kind of disappointed. Like if any breweries out there are listening and putting stuff on untapped, please tell us what hops you use, because I, for one, am very curious about that. Ditto. Like, I mean, I, I want I if anything, if nothing, actually, what I really want is I want as much data as possible. Like, agreed. tell me what fucking malts you're using. Tell me what yeast you're using. It's not just the hops, but like hops are usually one of the first things that it's like, huh, I wonder what hops they used in this. Well, if you're using any yeast besides Saccharomyces cerevisiae, then bother putting it in there. But like, don't if, yeah. you, if you're just I mean. Because most beers use Saccharomyces cerevisiae, it's like, don't fucking bother telling me that. Like, tell me if it's different than that. Like, that's that's the default mode. Like, I don't need to know that. But, like, you know, if you're using, like, Brettanomyces or something, and yeah, fucking tell me. That'd be awesome. Hell yeah. Um, 
Uh, but yeah, big stoner, very tasty. It was not too bitter. It was definitely a very like New England style double IPA. It wasn't quite New England style. It, it, it wasn't like unfiltered like a New England should be. But yeah, it, it still had a bit more citrus than it had bitterness. Yeah, I would peg it as like, I mean, what the hell do you even call a filtered New England style IPA? I guess like an East Coast style. Yeah, I'd say East Coast style. Because like West Coast is always the one that's been like super bitter, dank, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, yeah, this is this was not that, but it was filtered. So, you know, not the best IPA I've ever had, but certainly very drinkable, especially for what it was. Mm-hmm. Um. So do you, our next three were all Baltic porters. Yes. And we discovered something very interesting about said Baltic porters while eating those. Uh, oh, man, I am gassy. Um, Yay! <laughs> while, uh, while eating that big ass dilly dilly pickle. Yes. Um, apparently the, well, I think what we figured out from it, like physical reasoning, was that the brine and saltiness ended up blocking those receptors in our tongue if we took a small bite of pickle before we ended up drinking the porters, which ended up allowing a lot more of the sweetness and other flavors to come through for us in those porters, which was a fantastic revelation. And I don't know, I feel like we should try that with other things more. Agreed. And it wasn't, I don't, my theory is that it's not just the salt. It's also the fact that it's got mild acidity because acetic Uh, acid is vinegar and that's what you're, you know, pickling pickle stuff in is acetic acid. So it's a combination of acetic acid and saltiness. But yeah, yeah, I mean, it was like, I don't even want to say quite palate cleanser because that's not quite the right way to put it it was no, very it, much like a acted like a flavor enhancer for yeah. the porter yeah more or less like because so cause so all i mean it's us so all three of these had something going on besides just being a straight baltic porter oh yeah like, no they, they were all like there some were more weird than others but yeah, they all and, had like a little bit of weird but like i will say that like of the so of the three, one wasn't even in there. I think I think we added it in. Um, uh, yeah, I think we added in banana stand. Yeah, and then one was the lowest rated of the other two, and we like I liked it the best. Like, but I didn't like it the best necessarily until I had the pickle thing going on. Because like once I had the pickle thing going on, it was like holy shit, I can really taste every fucking flavor that's supposed to be in here, and this is great. Yeah. So. Let me start. Let me start with my least favorite, which really isn't actually. No, it's. I don't know. I mean, this and banana stand are probably about on par for me. I gave them both fours. So, Vineyard Vineyard Voyage is a Baltic porter aged with wine oak spirals from Poochum Hill Winery and dark sweet cherries. So you can definitely get that wine barrel kind of flavor going on you can definitely get a little bit of the cherry but like neither one of those flavors comes through particularly strongly the pickle not neither did the oak Uh, i think that the oak uh, 
Yeah. The oak should have been stronger than it was, but I'm guessing that they didn't age it for that long. long. Yeah. Like they probably did three months instead of six. But if you're going to do six, you might as well do 12. Well, if you're going to do six, you might as well do eight. If you're going to do eight, you might as well do 12. (laughs) And then I'm going to go. But yeah, I like I, you know, again, I liked it. A lot of people really like that one, but I'm guessing that it's because it's not particularly challenging. But yeah, even with the pickle enhancement, the flavors in that one did not come through super strong for me. I mean, I think that you got more of the oak after the pickle treatment, which is weird because I would have expected more of the cherry. But yeah, yeah, that one was the definitely the least impressive. Yeah. And then even though we both rated everything the same, hey, untapped, get on us being able to rate things to like. I don't know, a hundredth because you have a 0.00 scale. So allow us to do it to the hundredth because that would be sweet. That would be annoying. I Do you know how long I would sit there hemming and hawing? It's bad enough trying to fucking rate things when I'm uh, I mean, 0.25. Seriously. Honestly, I would end up just going like nearest approximation at that point. If it's like, if I meant like a 4.25 and I'm, you know, a 4.28, it's like, fuck it, I'll be a 4.28. You know, I'm not going to care if it's close enough. Nah, fuck it. But it also makes all the ratings way more wild, which I think is fun because it introduces a bit of anarchy. (laughs) Look, anarchy is not what I want here. All right. I I like organization. It is helpful. Anyway. So I'm actually going to go to the the last one we checked in next because that then that's saving the best one for last. So the other one that I gave a four to is there's always money in the banana stand. Cough, cough. Arrested yes, development uh, reference. Cough, yeah, cough. Classic. I, mean, I love it. I still I ha- need to watch. Like, I have a weeks. blue bananas wallet that I snagged from TJ. Well, I gave it to you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Because he was like, you trifold wallet. And I'm like, yoink. Yeah. I hate trifolds. I hate trifolds so much. I don't know why. It's such a irrational hatred. But like, no, I I am either a money clip or a bifold man. Yeah, I'm that. So I was perfectly happy to steal the. It is a sweet bananas. ass wallet, though. But there's always money in the banana stand, man. Except when there isn't. I mean, well, I guess do the cards count? Because then there's always money in the banana stand. Yeah. Okay. It, yeah. it is. I mean, it is money. It is currency by proxy. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say there is generally actual hard currency in the banana stand, just varying amounts of it. You know, it's like there's a dollar in my wallet. Yay! Anyway, so. But yeah, it's a chocolate banana inspired porter. Yeah, Baltic and they porter. say inspired because it's like it's very clearly not made with, um, you know, current normal you know cultivar bananas yeah it's made with like artificial banana flavoring yes but it's but that's the thing is you know which honestly might have been the best thing about it as much as i shit on like artificial banana flavoring it it made it clear what it was trying to be for me but i still didn't really care for it and they could have done it better and i definitely think that they could have done it better because of our last one that we're going to talk about 
Yeah, I would I would have dialed back the banana a little bit, up upped the chocolate flavors a little bit. Um, but like overall not bad. And the other thing is is that, you know, I like I don't know if we've talked about this on here before, but if we have, it's just a friendly reminder that uh artificial banana is not a bad approximation of banana flavoring. It's actually an extremely accurate representation of banana flavoring. It's just not an accurate representation of the current primary cultivar that we actually get for bananas. The primary cultivar for bananas back when artificial banana flavoring was created in like, I don't know, early 20th century was a, an entirely different banana that more or less tasted exactly like artificial banana does. Like, that's the thing, though, is that they switched over to the current primary cultivar because it, you know, grows, you know, better, like, more volume, you know, like, in more climates, something. I can't remember exactly what the ecology reason for it is, but, like, it might maybe it even was just that it's more disease resistant. I don't fucking remember, but there's some reason um, that we use was, a different I think primary it, cultivar. I think it was a mostly Oh, did disease wipe out the original cultivar? Is that what happened? Yeah, I, I think okay. that's what initially happened. So they engineered this one to be because yes, like it is it wasn't engineered. It, I mean it's not engineered in the sense of like in a laboratory, but it's a product of, you know cross-species pollination yeah well no you picked up a different you you picked up a different species of banana and started growing the fuck out of that more or less it was something that didn't get wiped out by you know whatever fucking blight or whatever that wiped out the other ones but like that's the thing though is this is a problem with our modern farming systems is that we grow monocultures. Like basically yes. <laughs> we grow, we, we grow. Thanks Monsanto. Like the primarily we grow one, one cultivar of corn. We grow one cultivar of like, you know, tomatoes for the most part. Like that's why I really like finding and like going. I for- call shenanigans on tomatoes. Cause the most of the tomatoes you get are one cultivar. But that's huh. the thing is you you get I mean, nowadays you start to see a lot more of the heirloom stuff because there are people like me who are driving the market in that direction because honestly, man, I fucking hated tomatoes for the longest time until I like started eating heirloom tomatoes and went, wait, tomatoes don't have to taste like shit. Well, I mean, yeah, tomatoes don't have to taste like shit. They're like, air- although I some- always hated cherry tomatoes as a kid. Depends on the cherry tomato. Yeah, it does. I mean, yeah. I have I I have a box of cherry tomatoes in my fridge that's I want to say like twelve different spe- like Ooh. cultivars. Yeah, Ooh. and nice. it was oh, talk and, sexier to me. <laughs> I was gonna say, shout out to Lull Farm in Hollis, New Hampshire, because not only can you get like you know a variety, you can pick and choose which ones go in your particular variety because they just have like empty boxes and the individual different varieties of cherry tomatoes and you can just like fill up your little fucking box with whichever ones you want and it's like 
so I more or less kind of know at this point, like the ones that I really dig. So I tend to go heavier on those. Oh, I was going to vote for the lime first, but all right, whatever. that's fine. This was just the first one I grabbed. I was trying to uh, show Emily what our next beverage is going to be because my first one is empty and we're at 35 minutes so far. And we plan on doing two more beverages, not necessarily yeah. finishing the third one. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. So I'm pulling out what our next beverage is going to be i'll uh introduce it right now while emily finishes up it is another one from hermit thrush but this one is a wild sour hard cider or hard seltzer there we go uh it's called sunset lake uh sunset lake is their hard wild sour hard seltzer series this one specifically is lime and sage so yeah, Emily's done now. And three, and two, and one. Crap. I kind of miss the days when I got sip, sip, sip. I mean, I can kill time by rambling instead of having to chant you along to sip. Yeah, but the chanting was kind of fun and I enjoyed it. Oh, yeah, but it's like me. kind of depressing to just like chant alone. Is it though? TJ sucks. TJ sucks. See, I can chant alone and yeah, be happy. With that, you know, um, queen. Bum, bum, tsh, bum, bum, tsh. Mm-hmm. It works. Yeah. <laughs> There's a reason I wanted to start this. The reason I wanted to start with this one is because the other one actually is a much stronger flavor. Yeah, because we did try the other one. Yes. I sus- actually I thought we tried both but like I suspected if didn't wasn't confirmed that this one was going to be a little bit less intense. I actually really want to try some of the others. What the hell was the one that she talked us out of that I was like kind of pushing for? Was it like mango coriander or some shit? There was one that had coriander that I was like I want that one and oh. she was like eh. No, I think that they were out of the mango coriander. Oh, maybe that's what it is. I mean, th- these were picked by our server, who was, you know, excellent. Fantastic. I, I can't remember her name. Yep, that's the problem. Part of, me, is par- like- part of me wants to say that she looked like a Helen, but I have no idea for certain. Yeah. But as far as flavor goes... um, I don't think that this one is super overpowering. A lot of, uh, especially a lot of citrus seltzers I find are really fairly intense. And this one is, you know, nice and mild. I think that the sage kind of like, the sage comes through, but like if if somebody handed this to you and didn't tell you what it was, you'd probably pick out citrus, but something different. And like, you wouldn't necessarily be able to put your finger on what. Um, yeah, I definitely agree with that, which is kind of disappointing because even as I'm sipping it now, it's it's not bad. I, I think I like the really mild lime instead of, you know, kind of punch in the face lime. Yeah, um, it reminds me of like some sort of fruit pop from when I was a kid. Kind of, yeah. Um, But like the sage, you get a bit like it kind of. 
rounds out and almost smooths out the flavor of the citrus. Um, it takes some of the uh, like really acidic edge off of it, I think. Um, but like you really where where I'm really getting a lot of the sage is actually the nose. Like when you stick your nose in the glass, like you really get that like kind of herbaly thing going on. Well, I just I just knocked my thing, so I'm gonna leave that in there. Oh yeah. There's do no you, editing in podcasting. Do you want somebody to edit your podcast? Hit me up. I'll do it for like I, I don't know. Fucking twenty bucks an hour. Yeah. And it's about ninety minutes per hour of recorded podcasts that it takes me. So it's a pretty decent rate, I think. I have no fucking clue. But hey, I'll produce you. Just keep telling you, man. Throw yourself on Fiverr. I mean, gig economy bullshit. Ah! Yeah. I didn't realize there was that much left in there, and I poured it on my sleeve. Yes. And now you gotta suck that head. But on <laughs> <laughs> Uh... Mm. Laughter is infectious between my many me's. <laughs> Yay! What's that other berry? Oh, Archer, you're my best friend, but other berry really hates you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was actually kind of an awesome like that 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 was an awesome season finale. That was an awesome send off for Jessica Walter. Like, I completely agree. I, I think that it was a great call of them. Uh, I don't know. Is it too early to like spoilers that fuck you? If you watch Archer, you've already seen it. So because, you know, it's still on. Hulu, I mean, you don't have to like, go the into the whole day. details, but more or less she ends up on a beach. The, yeah, they end her story in a great way. Yeah. And Which, it's just like, like there's continuing adventures potentially. And I kind of like. There are times that I've seen that ending used. I can't think of any off the top of my head that I just find so disappointing and depressing. But then there are other times like that send off for Jessica Walters, Mallory Archer uh, of like, hey, she's just going to go exist outside of the show now. And I, I love that. Oh, it's I do like too. the um, it's like the end of Ash versus the Evil Dead. As much as I would love to see like that season four that gets set up at the end of that, I also love the idea of there's just a universe out there where Ashley Jessica Williams. I can't remember what the fuck the J stands for. Yeah, I can't um, either. But I feel like his father was a dick and gave like made his middle name like a boy named Sue. So. Yeah. Uh, but like in the distant future, essentially existing in the future that was at the end of the original ending for Army of Darkness. Yeah. Where he's like Rip Van Winkled. Yep. But yeah, I love the idea that somewhere in some alternate universe, Ashley J. Williams continues his fight against the Deadites. Yeah, that is pretty it, sweet. It makes me happy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I like so for those of you who have seen it and don't know, um so Ron Cadillac, her 
on-screen husband is was voiced by her real-life husband, who actually, the reason that Ron Cadillac was no longer in the show after a certain point was because he died. And then... I did not know that. And then the, so that final episode was the, that final scene. So I think that they had gotten her dialogue for like the last couple of episodes, but like they, maybe not, they might've had to like pull the dialogue from other spots for like her few lines in that episode. But I, I think that, that some, I think it's some of every, it, like I know very sure. little, very yeah. little was them like recycling dialogue from before. Everything at that in that end scene was recycled dialogue. Yeah, everything in that end scene. Because well, I mean, in terms of that season, her her husband like it was pretty her, much it was so. pretty much just that end scene that was likely recycled. But yeah. you know what? It was a happy send off. Like her and Ron, shit. That actually makes it more heartbreakingly happy for yep. me, knowing that like Ron Cadillac was her real life husband. Yep. And now they're together forever in paradise. Yep. Oh, man. I'm not I even, know. I'm not even religious, but that breaks my heart. <laughs> I know. It's a uh, it it's it's just it's like, man, it, you, you, I look at something like that and go, man, is anybody ever going to love me that much? <laughs> I mean, uh, let's put it this way. If nobody ever loves me that much in a romantic way, then fuck it. Like my my life will not. be. Oh, I mean, romantic way, maybe not. But love you that much. I sure as fuck do. If nothing Ditto, else, man. if nothing else, you're going to bring the movies to the afterlife for me to watch with you. Once you die long after me. <laughs> Bitch, you better haunt me. <laughs> Just so what saying. Are we, what, what, what are we watching tonight, Emily? I don't know, man. I'm fucking tired. But but I can't interact with the controls, so I need you to be able to watch things. What are we, what, 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 what are we watching tonight, Emily? Just because you asked again, <laughs> we're watching Star Trek Voyager for the 40th time, and you're like, fine. Fine. <laughs> Can it be Bride of Chaotica? Fine. All right. So should we, like, move on to, like, the last the last beer that because we, we never even got to fuck the last beer of whetstone station we we, we got off on a tangent because you know that's yeah a thing we let's do. get on to the last beer of whetstone station we've been building up antissa patient patient uh right. I, I got like halfway through that the other night and was like you know what no i need something that really makes me happy and then just watched um because I, I don't care for rocky horror as much as somebody like me should it seems so instead yeah. I, I watched um back to back repo the genetic opera and mm. dr horrible sing-along blog yay because i can always go for both of those especially if i'm feeling extra down hell yes. yeah <laughs> like both of those are fucking awesome that's not a good sound anyway <laughs> so sheller high water Annoyed the it annoys the piss out of me that its average rating out of twenty seven, which is still something, is three point six seven because this was my favorite of their Baltic porters. Although I will say, in fairness to those people, it was not until we did the pickle thing. It was so, not until we did the pickle thing. Uh, we should have let a bartender know before we left that 
they should serve yeah they should be serving like pickle slices a, a pickle slice with each of their baltic porters having but, them garnished with a pickle slice i think would be a great idea for them so th- this whetstone, one in particular though, whetstone was- if you listen to us after we end up tagging you on facebook most likely hopefully you have a facebook and somebody pays attention to this shit pay attention to this serve your baltic porters with a slice of pickle as a garnish because and, it will and help tell people to why tell people why but like especially it especially i think was the the most a dramatic difference was shell or high water like i think that there's always money in the banana stand was less was the least dramatic and i think that the the vineyard whatever one was like vineyard vines vineyard yeah no that's a fucking you know douchebag clothing company vineyard voyage yes but this one this one really really shown so this was a classic baltic porter aged with cacao nibs toasted pistachio and smoky ancho chilies now there's no there i didn't get really any heat off of the ancho chilies which doesn't surprise me because like once you get to them to the chili stage they usually don't have a lot of heat anyway yeah, but it, it was more like smoke. It was smoke, but also like, you know, especially after the pickle, you picked up a lot of that like chili flavor because, uh, you know, the ancho chilies in, in particular have like a really nice flavor to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I mean, one like before the, the before the pickle, it was like, yeah, this is fine. Like nothing. I can't, but I couldn't really pick out any of the individual flavors post pickle. I could pick out every single one of those flavors I just mentioned. Like you can pick out the pistachio, you can pick out the chocolate. Like hell yeah. I mean, honestly, post pickle, that was a great fucking porter. I gave that a 4.25 and it absolutely earned it. There was um, no there we, there was no generosity for me. We both gave that a 4.25 when it's what did you say again? 27, 25, some 2, 27. When its average rating of 27 people is a 3.67. And it's like, why? But I get it. Because the pickle, the pickle made that beer. Yes. A hundred percent. So, yeah. Whetstone, if you're listening. um, Serve your porters with a slice of pickle. And explain why. Check, 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 check it out. These assholes who do a beer podcast told us to. That's why. Yeah. And, you know, as you should know, we are always right. Yay! I mean, narcissism! <laughs> woohoo! <laughs> Thanks, other Emily. Now back to me. All right, let's keep on moving on. So... That was our last beer. Well, that was our second to last beer at um, Whetstone before we moved along to Hermit Thrush, just um, over the river and through the woods to Grandmother's house we go. It wasn't over the river, though. Damn. So same side of the river? Yeah, because the other side of the river is New Hampshire. Through some like town or city streets? City street. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because like you turn but is it? <laughs> you turn off of Whetstone Station onto Main Street. Take so you take a right onto Main Street, take a left onto whatever fucking street that is, and then you know, there is from Hermit's Rush, like right there. Mm. Also, those shirts we got were sweet as hell. I'm really oh yeah, they shirts. were so rad. Definitely like outrun style and cool as fuck. Oh yeah, but um yeah, we got those. After we had already gone back to the car and had contemplated getting them, it was like, no, no, we don't need more shirts. Fuck, they are fucking rad. We're going to get some more shirts. But the first thing that we had at Hermit Thrush was a Rowdy Monk. Rowdy Monk being a Belgian quadruple, the rich, the dark, this, ugh. This dark, rich, sour quadruple is a pleasure to drink. I wish it said more than just that about it, but okay, cool. Um, I gave it a really great rating. Emily did not. Well, that's the thing. I didn't actually check this one in that day because I'd already checked it in before. I had it somewhere else. If you look at my check, I I can't see it right now easily because I can't. But like I had also had it somewhere else. In 2017, I'm guessing with you at the tip tap room. (laughs) Yeah. So I gave it a five the first time I had it. Then I gave it a 4.5 this time I had it. So I still thought it was really good, but. Uh, uh, Pardon a four. No, you gave it a four when we went there this time. You gave it a 4.75 at tip tap. I think. I was going to say, I think what that is, the the discrepancy there is that not only has my palate expanded, I think that, like, I think I've kind of outgrown a lot of the traditional Belgian styles, but, like, quad is one in, like, triples and quads in particular are something that, like, just really don't have a lot of appeal for me anymore. Like, a Saison still does, because that's, like, you know, smooth, drinkable, complex, whatever, where like triples and quads a lot of times now just feel to me feel very like I don't know not syrupy but like that almost cloying sweetness that comes from like a higher ABV when you're using like a ton of sugar that's not really balanced by anything else yeah I see and that. and it's uh it they're they're also just sort of I don't know like they feel like a lot of them feel very like heavy-handed or like outdated or something now like i mean i i remember when like belgian styles were like a big deal in the craft beer community because it was like people branching out from like basic american bullshit but like i mean we've gone on to create so many new styles since then like that like though you know like sours becoming a big thing came after that like you know even fucking IPAs becoming a big thing in general, like even West Coast style be- becoming a big thing was after that. Like Belgian was kind of a lot of people's first real foray into craft beer. And while I appreciate it as like a, a stepping stone and like I can absolutely appreciate a good one, I think I'm just a little bit over it. Like I've had a lot of them at this point and like, I don't know. They just don't feel they don't feel exciting to me anymore. That's depressing. 
Whereas I do still enjoy them, just not as much as I used to. I mean, if I'm out at a place and depending on what they have, if they've got Findemon, yeah, I'll fucking drink a Findemon. But uh, like, I, they're I not usually my go to. Yeah. yeah. See, and that's how our our palates differ. We, we don't agree on everything, guys. All right, that's it. We're getting divorced, Emily. Yep. I guess that means I have to kill you. Smashes glass in hand. Oh, man. We're not even in the same fucking city, so don't worry, folks. This is. I, I did love that scene in Kate with her, like, um, the champagne flutes smashing and then using them as, like, punch stab weapons. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. That, that movie really was a blast. I really love watching her do her thing. Watching her, watching uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Mary be, Elizabeth be, Winstead. Be a total badass is like, it's like, man, do you need another reason to watch that fucking movie? I mean, it's like, it's not great. It's enjoyable. But like watching her be a badass is like so fun. I don't need more than that in life. I'm good. Um. So. Because I, 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 I'm, I can only assume that I never got around to checking that one in, or I just didn't bother because I'd already had it. Because um, the first one I have is Burly Sour. Is that your next one? Oh no! Um, I think the reason I checked it in this way is because my oh, I did check in Matt Rowdy Monk later on. Got it. My, my phone sucked. And I had to check in stuff after. So oh, I yeah, checked, you checked it in, in off of me in the reverse order of what you checked in. Okay. So, so do you want to do barley sour then? And then we'll work our way through the other ones. Yeah. Fuck it. All right. Cause I'm, I'm talking now. So we're going in my order. Eat a dick. So barley sour is a collaboration with Vermont pub and brewery in Burlington. And So, here, let's just read the whole thing. Greg Noonan's 1988 original Burley Irish Red Ale recipe, fermented with Brattleboro Wild Mixed Culture and aged 15 months in red wine and gin barrels. Yep, um, I felt like that was pretty solid. Um, I think that I could have, I think that the, the barrel flavors could have come across a little bit more like I would say the botanical gold did a little bit of a better job with that but I could still taste the barrels um and if nothing else it was a pleasant sour I mean honestly like sours that are aged in barrels tend to taste better overall than things that are purely aged in aluminum concur so um yeah no, I mean, yeah, I thought it was, it was pretty solid. Yeah, it was fine. Like, we both gave it fours. Um, All the flavors were there. It just wasn't anything special. Uh, whereas the next one was something special. Indeed. Uh, the next one up was the Hoppy and Grapefruit. Oh. Uh, oh. Whatever. Yeah, just do that. Hoppy and grapefruit. Like, do I still have them? Like, uh, whatever. 
Yeah, you uh, have reverse order. It's fine. So, hoppy and grapefruit. <laughs> um, green Sippa. Slush IPA blended with. No, Sippa is actually a. It's it's sour. A... Sour IPA. Yes. Yes, because everything they make is sour. Uh, blended with grapefruit. Was that the one we got the slush of, though? Yes, it was. Okay. Uh, it was really tasty. If you've like, never had the opportunity to have beer slush, fucking get it if you see it. It is awesome. Fun fact, yeah. folks. You can basically always get that at, well, as long as you're in one of the outside spaces at Trillium, you can pretty much always get that, especially on a weekend. So just go fucking get some. Although we're getting to the time of year where outside spaces aren't really so much of a thing anymore. So I don't know. Try again in the spring. I mean, I'd be that asshole sitting in like a heavy jacket on a roof deck in December. <laughs> but then again, your lines might freeze at that point. Yeah, I would imagine that their lines might freeze at that point. I mean, I feel like you might have an easier shot at doing that at Canton, but I don't. Well, that's the thing. I still haven't been to the new Trillium in Canton. I didn't realize that there was a new Trillium in Canton. Oh, you didn't realize that? Yeah, they have a whole ass new like tap room. Sweet. Like, I think that they still have the original facility. I think it's just mostly been converted to either like pickup only or like it's not open to the public. There's a whole ass new tap room now. Sweet. <laughs> yeah, we need to go sometime. Hell yeah. But uh, yeah, Hoppy and Grapefruit. We uh, both gave it a 4.5. It was mm -hmm. fan-fucking-tastic because beer slush is awesome. Check it out. And what was our left. first beer slush? Was our first beer slush that um, like Copenhagen Omnipolo. Beer, Fair, beer yep. Festival Omnipolo? Yep. yep. Oh, man, those were delicious. <laughs> yep. Because, I mean, Omnipolo, and then it was also one of them was some kind of red colored fruity sour something something and the other one wasn't the other one like a stout i know that one of them was like a stout i thought the other one was um more like a creamsicle yeah but it was definitely like a reddy pinky something kind of color yeah well so. we gotta drink these up so we can get on to the last one I, I'm going to tell you right now, prepare something in your head because I'm going to pee before we finish recording this one. Um, oh, I was mostly thinking that I should write down a time code and can cut out from blank to blank. Oh, that works too. So folks, if there's some point where you have some, you know, magical sounding like, oh, look, you know, they suddenly sound like refreshed or whatever it's because we were able to empty our bladders and we're much happier and anyway. smoke anywhere from a half cigarette to a cigarette yay uh, addiction hey at least i've yes. never been addicted to any i've never been addicted to anything else um i have am yay yay anyway <laughs> so let, let's at least fucking finish up the 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 uh brattleboro excursion then so, uh, the last beer we had at Hermit Thrush was Cassis. So, Cassis 
is a sour golden ale aged in an oak fooder for 12 months with high goose farm black currants fermented with Brattleboro Cur- wild mixed culture. Currants. Currants. Oh my god. What what was the running gag for a while? Currants. <laughs> I know beyond that, but there was something like Oh, I've got to keep it current. Yes. Currently thinking. Oh, I am currently thinking that you are a dumbass. So, I mean, honestly, man, it's hard for, for me to not love anything with black currants. Like, it's a it's I a agree. Flavor. It's such a great like I love its tart. It's a flavor. It, there, there are two fruit flavors that are used like extensively in the UK that like should be used much more here. Uh, black, well, current slash black, red current, black current doesn't really matter. Like, current in general is one of them. The other is rhubarb. Like both yeah. of those are amazing flavors to me, and we don't use them nearly enough in this country. And I just want to slap everybody up the upside the head and be like, do more. Well, like you can I'm use fairly... rhubarb outside of using it with strawberry. It I'm pairs fa- really well with strawberry, but like there's other fucking ways to use it. Like I've had rhubarb yogurt and it's amazing. I think it's because of you that uh, I do like same ingredients, different proportions of like the summer drink yeah. that has like, you know, rhubarb I, bitters. Yeah, gin, rhubarb bitters, fucking soda water, lime juice, Saint Germain. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. But rhubarb bitters—you wouldn't think it—it it gives it a fantastic flavor, and they have a very specific flavor. It's they like do. it's like good celery, which is such a weird way to describe it. Well, but I it, hate celery because I think it tastes gross. The flavor doesn't have anything to do with celery. It just kind of looks like celery. Well, that's why I think my brain thinks good celery. Mm-hmm. No, flavor-wise, I would say I would put it closer to kind of the acidity level of a tart plum, but not really that kind of flavor profile. I'm trying to think of how I would describe the flavor profile. I don't know that I can... I mean, maybe somewhere between, like, plum, white grape, and... Grapefruit? Like, if you mashed all those together, it might come out somewhere near rhubarb? (laughs) Like, even as a super taster, apparently, because somebody pointed this out to me, and it's like, yeah, actually, that would make a lot of sense. It would explain an awful lot about me. Um, but yeah, I just, I can't, like, there's no, there's no perfect analog to it. Like, that's the best thing I can come up with off the top of my head. Because you need something that's like, I feel got like it more has acidity. more sweet. I feel like it has more sweet than you're giving it credit for. No, it really doesn't. It's you're Not used like to it being raw form. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is yeah. you're used to having it having a lot more sweetness added, which is actually one of the things I really dig about rhubarb yogurt is the fact that it's not like 
I don't know. I mean, that's the other thing is like, I kind of dig that about like European yogurt in general is it's not like horrifically sweetened bullshit. Like, don't get me wrong. I love horrifically sweetened bullshit. Anyone who knows me knows that I love sweet shit. But like, I don't always want something to be the sweetest it can possibly be. Oh, yeah, look how passed yes. out she is and cute. Yes. We're, yes. We're, he, can, he can see Dora. We're watching each other, and I can see Dora sleeping with her head buried in her paws, and it's a, a, adorable. There's only one ear out. The other one's in the pillow. Oh, she knows we're talking about her, so she's like, oh, can you guys shut just, the fuck up? Well, she just covered the face with the paw, like, mm-hmm. oh, oh my god. I mean, this is this is her just being cute, like naturally, like when she's trying to be cute, it is absolute fucking kryptonite. I can't I can't like, yeah, you try yelling it. You try yelling at this at this kid when she's actually working to be cute. There's no fucking way. Like, I dare you. I dare you to find the power inside you. The power cross compels you. The power cross compels you. Okay. If you like cats at all and have any kind of heart at all, you will not be able to. If you're like Mitch McConnell or something, then like 100% you could like kick her across a room, I'm sure. I don't know. Do snapping turtles eat cats? Um, that's I've a good seen, question. I've seen like larger turtles eat other living things they're not pure herbivores i would doubt that snapping turtles would go for something as big as even like a small house cat i like a maybe a really really large snapping turtle but like it's generally not worth it for them it's too much fucking work it's for on both ends of the like killing and eating like it's just too much work and it's too risky that they're going to get injured. They, if they go for something, they go for something small and fairly defenseless. Fuck, man. I forget what uh, subreddit it was, but I definitely saw a video fairly recently of a large turtle against a king crab. It, it, was, a fairly, it, was, it was a fairly large crab. And it's like Krabby is just, you know, snipping away trying to get some distance and then turtle darts the head out bites hard pulls it into his body yeah so that's why i question would a large turtle eat a cat i don't think that there are snapping turtles that would be able to do that same trick with a cat okay um so no i really don't think that that's that realistic i mean i think it could like injure take out i mean potentially even cause an amputation but i doubt that it would be a death blow if you found them right away let's put it that way um but i don't know about that i don't actually know exactly how big snapping turtles get but like i've never seen them they don't get like fucking like sea turtle size you know they don't this might have been a video of like a sea turtle. I can't remember if it had like flappies or legs. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, tortoises are an entirely different thing, too. Um, I mean, big nah, motherfucking the sh- tortoises. The, the are shell still... wasn't right for a tortoise. 
Most of them are primarily herbivorous anyway. I would assume that they primarily, if they're killing like other things, they're primarily killing amphibians. That's my guess. Like they're probably going for easy prey, like fucking frogs or like newts or salamanders or whatever. Maybe every once in a while you just want a crab dinner. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, if you're desperate, you'll fucking... I mean, if a human's desperate for food, they might run at a bear with a knife. It doesn't mean it's a good idea or it's going to work. It just means that you're desperate. And, I mean, if you get lucky and you kill the bear and you eat the bear, then, like, yeah, you did the thing. But, like, you're also I mean, probably going to you You have a stand a decent shot of getting trichinosis because, actually, that's how most people get trichinosis. Most of the trichinosis... Con- uh, Cases in this country now come from people eating game. I'm not surprised by that. Um, it have to armed be de- pork it, doesn't do that anymore. It's it, like not a thing. It would have to be dead of winter. You'd have to do it all well done, and then like bury it in snow. No, it would be like Donner Party. Getting it well, well done. I think if I recall correctly, well done would probably do it. Um. Oh, God. Yeah, I want to say, I don't think trichinosis is, like, hardy enough that it would, like, be that much of a problem. Oh, then if it's not that hardy, then you do it fucking medium rare, so, or even medium, so that it has some juice still fucking in it. Like, if I'm desperate for food, then, yes, I will resort to cannibalism, and I'll cook all of it at once, and then bury it in the snow to help preserve it to last longer what are you icelandic and trying to eat and eat rotten shark we've had this conversation before. oh rotten poison shark sorry oh wow i don't even remember that i vaguely remember that oh hakarl is a is an icelandic dish that is basically like (laughs) fermented slash rotten (laughs) It's fermented <laughs> slash rotten poisonous shark that has to be like, I think it ha- it has to be treated with like ammonia, i.e. in the old days it was pissed on, buried in the ground for like months and then like dug up and like dried or some shit. Like all, if you skip any steps of that process, the thing's actually poisonous and could kill you. Awesome. Why do I know this? Like, like why have I heard all of this before? Because the world goes, what the fuck is wrong with you, Iceland? Because really, like, who, like, the mind-blowing part of that is not that, like, I mean, it is a little bit mind-blowing that people do that in general, but the really mind-blowing part is who the fuck figured out how to make it not deadly? How the fuck did you come up with that process? Because that feels really goddamn specific. Yeah. Who was like... Well, maybe if I piss on it and then bury it, but like for long enough, I have to bury it for like a real long time. It's like maybe you like got pissed off at it because it killed like your brother or whatever. And then you pissed on it because you were mad and then it got buried in like snow and shit. And then like you were super desperate for food (laughs) and like you dug it up and like you ate it and it didn't fucking kill you. Like, is that how you like how literally I really want to know the story like. If I had a time machine, 
that's the shit I would be doing is like, I don't even want to go back and fuck with history. I just want to go back and see how the fuck something like that ended up happening. Like, I want to see the actual process of like, how did humans figure out that this is the way you do the thing without it killing you? Because there are a lot of foods that people eat that are like deadly. And it's like, what was the process? How long did it take? Like, You know, I, yeah, humans, humans are simultaneously amazing and frustrating as hell. And now that our beverages are empty, we are on to beverage number three for today. Beverage number three is yet another wild sour thing. Um, Again, from Hermit Thrush. Seltzer, yes. This one is... Oh, weird. Sunset Lake. I feel like we just had that. This one is Raspberry and Spruce. Yep. Three, two, one. Crack. Sprayed myself in the face again, and it's a little fuzzy. This one has a bit more color than the other one. Not that the other one had zero color, but this one definitely has a much more distinct pink color. Well, I mean, raspberry. Yeah, I know. I I know how things work. I'm not stupid, but... Much, Much stronger scent on the nose um you get much more of the raspberry in the nose than the spruce i will say that in the flavor i would almost say that you get a bit more of the spruce than you do the raspberry but like because raspberries have strong enough flavor to counter the strong flavor of spruce it works out reasonably well balanced actually I completely agree with you. You you definitely get the raspberry color. It like it looks fantastic. I think that I kind of like this one more than the other one. I agree. I and, mean, but like spruce, like when you think like, huh, I feel like I'm just going to gnaw on some pine needles, which doesn't sound attractive, but in this it is. It really, really is. Then again, haven't we had, like, good gin with spruce tips? Haven't we had a bunch of things with spruce tips? I would say yes. I I mean, it's a flavor that has always appealed to me. Um, I know that I've had a, at least a couple of gins that have spruce tips in them. Because that's, I mean, it's a flavor that very much lends itself to gin. But I've definitely... I've had at least a couple of beers that had it. Didn't um, Banded, back when they were Banded Horn, didn't they have a spruce beer that was like, I don't fucking even remember what style, but I don't know if they even still make it now that they're Banded, but that was like an early beer for them. I vaguely remember it. That's really what landed them on my radar, I think, was the fact that it was like you're using a fairly challenging and, you know, exciting ingredient. 
Yes. Um, did we finish talking about beers? Did we have any left? No, I think we finished talking about them. I mean, I so, think we finished um, talking about beers from that excursion, at least. Yeah. Yeah, let's save the other ones for another time. Let's talk some pop culture. Um, This week on TJ's spoiler-free, super short film reviews, TJ watched Dune. Um, so yeah, it was an attractive flick. Uh, it's got the same problem that I think that a lot of Christopher Nolan movies have these days of its audio mix. I, I watched it. I, I ended the movie wanting something more. Like not just more after the movie, but like more from the movie. And I don't know what that more was. But yeah, it's got the same like Christopher Nolan issues with uh, its audio mix that, you know, uh, the sounds are loud and the dialogue is not. I mean, that's that's a problem I have with many modern movies, honestly. Like, I, I think that it's a really... Like I, I and actually what's funny is it's not just movies. I have that problem with a lot of like venues and their sound mixing in general. Like Yes. <laughs> but like for instance, that small venue that we went to that like, you know, the lead oh. vo- singer's vocals were just like totally drowned out by like everybody's instruments. And it's like I mean, especially when it was like, did they mic the fucking drums? Oh, they did? What the fuck? Like why would you mic drums? I mean, first off, why would you mic drums in any small venue ever, ever? Like, there's, trust me, there's no fucking point. There are times that I could see it being worth it in, like, Great Scott back in the day, but not often. I would heavily question that. I mean, drums are really goddamn loud. I mean, it's the same reason that, like, trombones usually don't need to be mic'd because they're loud as fuck. Like, you usually don't need to. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, I mean, I'm not, not terribly disagreeing with you, but, you know. Uh, all right, moving on, moving on. What the fuck were we talking about? Oh, um, I mean, I still think I might bring up more beer just, just because, you know, it, it's been long enough that I've had it, but... Oh, I I was like, I was thinking because if we're going to start doing this weekly, you know, parse it out and like we've reached the end of our beer for our Brattleboro episode. So let's talk about like something else because we're already at 90 minutes. That 90s. Yeah, that 90s is going to become less. Yeah, because we're chopping out like seven, but you know, this is already a longer episode. So instead of getting into more beer, let's kill some time with some pop culture bullshit. Like so I we did watched with Dune. <laughs> so, oh, worth watching. If you have fucking HBO Max, you might as well watch it. But I, I really, I really should watch it at some point. Like I, I read the book in high school and I feel like I saw like maybe it was the mini series or something back in like the nineties or the aughts or whatever, but like, was it the one that had Patrick Stewart? I don't think so. I think I would All have right. been more so excited. So then, it. then it was definitely the sci-fi mini series from like 
2003, something like that, which was decent. Like, it was mostly right, it seemed, but it was just, you know, shitty early aughts sci-fi presentation. Yeah, more or less. I mean, I, I, I definitely had complaints, but yeah, I mean... I'm going to I'm going to watch it at some point. Let's put it that way. If nothing else, like I I do really love Zendaya. Like I, you know, obviously, like I I kind of I dig her from like the um, the Spider-Man movies. But like if you haven't watched Euphoria, that's actually kind of an awesome show. Like if nothing else, because it really showcases like her acting talent like it and that and and Hunter Schaefer like Hunter like the two main character act like the the two main actors in that are fucking phenomenal and like it's impressive especially given how young they are and it's like man I was such a mess at your age and like you're doing so so well comparatively but I mean especially given like Hunter Schaefer being trans like like that that can't that that's got to come with its own set of challenges honestly oh indeed but yeah um so shout out for hbo's euphoria um they did i know i watched a, a handful of... of episodes i should watch more of it you should it really picks up for a little bit further into the season um like the first season's kind of bonkers like in terms of how where it goes and how it ends but they also did a uh two specials during the pandemic uh one from the perspective of Zendaya's character and one from the perspective of Hunter Schaefer's character which like were really interesting um that at least conceptually sounds pretty goddamn awesome and something I get behind yeah, like you have and they're they're primarily like like a lot of the filming is done in like a single shot sort of format where you have um that's even more cool. I love like come on dude. I love like super concepty kind of stuff. Zendaya like, like... is is it basically the majority of it is in a diner and you have some flashback sort of stuff too, but like you're you know, it's it's like going through events that transpired between them from her perspective. And then you also have the episode with, from with Hunter Schaefer talking to her um, therapist. So you get, but you get like sort of the same scenes in some, in like some of the flashback parts, but from her perspective, like it's, and they did this all during the pandemic. Like, yeah, like they it took them a while to figure out how to do it properly while, you know, filming around pandemic restrictions. So like again, every part of it is really impressive in the sense that like they did it was really well done and it was it was like shit, we're not going to be able to get a season out this year because of the pandemic. Let's do these two specials with like that will make life easier for us in terms of like a, you know, realistic pandemic shooting schedule, but like that are still really good. Like definitely recommend, highly recommend. Cool. Um, what else we got? 
Uh, we, we we pulled a double feature of murderous marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first movie we ended up watching was Till Death, starring I thought she was fucking fantastic in it, Megan Fox. Yes. Um, essentially, the premise is it's a home invasion flick that I still don't understand why he killed himself. But her shitbag because... husband killed him. Oh, yeah, because he was going to end up in jail anyway. So it was like, yes. fuck it. I might as well torture her a little bit more. Yeah, because he knew uh, she was Spoilers. <laughs> but yeah. He deserved to get cheated on, folks. So don't be too mad, mad at Megan Fox's character. He absolutely deserved to get cheated on. Sorry. Really enjoyable flick. Uh, I don't think I had any real complaints about it. No, I mean, I think that there were a couple of times. Well, well, no, there were definitely my. Yes, we did. We both had complaints, and oh main, yeah, the, as, the main. Well, we had were, complaints as we were watching it because it, the major one was she's handcuffed to him. She starts off with an empty gun and tosses it away instead of like smashing the shit out of his hand or yeah just break his thumb that's all you need to do is break his thumb and you can get him and you can get the handcuffs off of him like you don't need to get the handcuffs off of you you need to get the handcuffs off of him because you're shackled to a dead body all you have to do to do that is break his goddamn thumb why like and and the other thing is she's dragging i mean again it's a little bit of spoilery but like she you know what the fucking premise is. That's basically what it's spelled out for you in the net, in the Netflix yeah. <laughs> synopsis and nothing else. So, you know, she's shackled to her dead ex, her dead husband. I mean, I guess the but biggest like, spoiler I've said is that it becomes a home invasion flick, but yes, if you but, watch like their brief promo for it, you can tell it becomes a home invasion flick. Yeah. I mean, we're not giving you anything that you, you aren't going to get from just sort of, and then kool-aid comes through the wall and then the fucking dude shoots him and you just have kool-aid crack apart and starts off the slow leak just like you know sort of um think dutch boy with a dyke uh and and like just slow leak as it spiders out on kool-aid's body the glass cracking farther and farther and then all of a sudden like a torrent it shatters apart becoming a gushing torrent i already use torrent i'm terrible at this game honestly man that, that <laughs> i would i would watch the hell out of that scene like i i like we're now at the point with cg that you could totally do that and make it not look totally shitty like fucking somebody please do that um <laughs> anyway so uh, like that's the thing is like the most unbelievable part of that movie is that like she would remain shackled to him for that long because a all you have to do is break his thumb but even if you don't know that if you're dragging around a corpse by fucking handcuffs like at some point don't you think that his thumb is going to naturally break because he's not trying to you know if he's dead he's not bracing against it so like it's it the the handcuffs naturally gonna pull up into like his thumb bone and at some point like that's just gonna fucking go when she yanks at it right like even if she didn't do even for how she was pulling him most that's true i mean that's the only thing that saves it in terms of like you're 
it was it she, the way she was pulling him made it unlikely that she was going to accidentally break his thumb bone. But for fuck's sake, how do you? Although not also realize? the way that she was pulling it made it more likely that she was going to break her thumb bone because she was yeah. putting more pressure on her end of the cuff instead of his. Yeah, which like is why, she should have just. I mean, been, they did actually she show her using his tie to like. You know, yeah, like pad a little bit. Pad a little bit. But, but that's that was the already thing. after it was fucked. <laughs> How did she? I mean, you're right, though. Like the fact that she got his shirt on, like the fact that she. So getting get like I did find a way in my head that I can justify her getting his shirt on that it was on his body onto her because I mean, it, she was in like it does. It does. Um, because if you look at it closely, the she's um, wearing it the right side out is the problem. If no, she was she, wearing well, it in- no, in some shots, she you're correct. In some shots, she is wearing it right side out. But then there are other shots that you can see the um, not the buttons, the but like. Like essentially cufflinks, but for the center, <laughs> it's the pl- it's called a placket. Oh, OK. So you can see that they're wrong side out. And that's exactly how it should be, because it is like. But so- they didn't get it right in every shot is you're right about that yeah she was like you know she ended up spoiler again she ends up dressing herself in his clothes because it's winter and she's like trying not to freeze her ass off because she was wearing like a nightgown to bed and all of hers are gone everything of hers is gone except for her wedding dress yes because he's a vindictive asshole. Like he said, all of this. He shit is up. a real piece of shit. I mean, you have zero sympathy for him. <laughs> I do. I, I don't have sympathy for him, but I do have some admiration for like how much trouble he went through to like actually like set all of this up perfectly, like dumping her phone in, in their boat. Like, well, I assume just her phone, but like, I don't know where the fuck his phone is, but her phone gets dumped in water, like all kinds of shit. Like, he thought of everything and siphoning is, all the gas out of the car. Yeah. Like it's impressive as hell. I mean, this man like really like he was smart enough to think of everything and was vindictive as hell in enough to go through it. Like that's Clear, fucking clearing impressive. out every single item inside of the house that could be used as a potential weapon. Yeah. Yep. It's it except was, for the gun that he shoots himself with. And again, which, that's which like only had first, one bullet. first 10 minutes of the movie. It's a revolver and it, only ha- and it only has one bullet in the chamber and there's no other bullets in the house or on the property as far as you can tell. So like, I mean, yeah. It took a lot of planning. This is a, like a psychotic level of planning. Oh, absolutely. Like, no, you, you, you like you don't. But yeah, it's on Netflix. Check it out. (laughs) If nothing else, the psychotic level of planning makes you go like, well, yeah, you got cheated on, but like you're clearly a psychotic douchebag who was also like seriously abusive to her. And it's like, yeah, I understand why she didn't feel comfortable leaving you. Like, but you drove her to the arms of somebody else. Like, yep, I get it. Like, you know, yep. I have no sympathy for him whatsoever in that movie it's great it's definitely worth watching megan fox is fucking great if anybody thinks that she is not a good actress you're wrong you're Um, wrong uh i i know that transformers the transformers movies aren't good but like don't judge her based on that um just watch jennifer's body jennifer's body 
like I think a lot of guys really have a hard time with Jennifer's body because it's like you can't put yourself in those shoes, but it's like, oh yeah, I can put myself in those shoes, and it feels like a lot more realistic than I think it does to most guys. Um, I gained greater appreciation for that movie after watching it with you. Yeah. So but I feel like we've also talked about that before. We yeah. have. So um, what did what what did we double feature till death with? Is it the trip? Is that what it's called? That's what it's called in English, apparently. I forget what the fuck it's called in Norwegian. Mm. Huber Globber No. Are you no. sure? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I actually I, I'm the asshole who made him like so we watched it on oh Netflix. what fucking Netflix. Okay. We, so Netflix's default was to do it in English dub, and I was like, "Fuck this into the sun," and changed it to su- Norwegian sub, which, like, in my opinion, was the right way to go. Because first off, you're getting all of the inflections, you're getting the voice and stuff from like the original actors who did the scenes. I, I Sec- agree. Second, you're also getting the fact that like like many other cultures they use some english phrasing and words and like because you're listening to it in norwegian you're getting to hear the points where they're using english which yes. is like cool if you, as hell. if you if you ever want to say fuck you in norway it's fuck you yeah that's it and i guarantee you because it's that in norway it's the same thing in uh, both sweden and denmark as well you will be understood most likely. Uh, but yeah, so you want to give basic synopsis for the trip? Um, I dug the fuck out of the trip. The trip, so the trip is based, so basically you have a, a director husband and an actress wife, neither of whom are extremely successful, are like... Or good. Both, or well, like, no, like, they're not either, bad. That's well, the thing like, is, eh, I don't know about arguably. Him. She's not that bad. She's actually a decent actress and proves it during the film. Okay, like she may have been phoning it in. Well, that that's that's where the movie ends. My point is, is that ne- like she at least is a lot more talented than either he or her gave her credit for or like you know the world but there is a large element of luck there but i also found it funny that there was a little bit of tension by the fact that he was norwegian and she was swedish and like there was that whole scene where they're playing like scrabble and he it's the norwegian edition yeah it's the norwegian edition and she used the swedish version of the word and he basically he was like no, you get a lower score because in Norwegian it's spelled like this. I think it's like what Agrilka or Ag- yeah, it's like like yeah, I thought it was wasn't it Grilka in fucking like Swedish, but like Agri or Grilk Grilka. It was like Grilka in one language and Agrilk in the other. And it's I know like, it was like alternating the A from the beginning to the end because yes. A at the end made her get that you know right side mid board triple word score 
Yes. And he was like, no, this is Norwegian and moved the A to the beginning. Or something. It was one way or the other. But yeah, it was it was it's and it's funny because, again, it's a funnier joke to me having watched Mr. Robot and knowing because of the fact that you have a Danish wife and a Swedish husband speaking their native languages to each other that like more or less uh if you learn norwegian swedish or danish you actually know like you can you can communicate with the with people who speak the other languages primarily like the words are uh, are close enough that like basically you can you, you can say you can just speak in your net in that language and the other people will understand you mm-hmm. like which is fucking badass like that kind of feels like a you know if you're like gee, should I learn Swedish? It's like, yeah, you more or less can communicate with people from three different countries if you learn Swedish, so why the fuck not? Like, yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a bang for your buck thing, man. Um, but yeah, it's a Norwegian flick about a husband and wife who, you know, he's a director, she's an actress. They both kind of have no big other. breaks and they fucking hate each other. And they plan to kill each other. Ugh. But, again, home invasion. So, turns out very different. Um, much more funny than fucking um, Till Death was. Yeah. But, yeah, highly recommend. I don't know if you have to watch it in Norwegian. I would be curious to watch it in English to see what they were talking about during the Scrabble game. Yeah. No, I, I, I still think, yeah, exactly. I still think that, I think generally speaking, the right call is to wor- watch it in its original language with subtitles, because I think that you get a better translation that way. Because you're not trying to be, const- you're not getting constrained by trying to even remotely match up to lip movements and stuff. Plus I... you get to hear the original inflection in the voice of the original actors. I think I mostly agree. Then again, I also do enjoy bad dubbing, so I don't know. Yeah, but like that's not an in, that's not an in, in instance I want bad dubbing. Like bad dubbing is reserved for like fun bad. Yeah, fun bad movies or like shitty anime. Yeah, I'd mostly concur with that. Although, it wasn't fucking. Oh, man, it was like Trigun or NGE or Bebop. One of those like seminal ones from us growing up. Mm-hmm. That. I don't know. Went somewhere. The, the dubbing was good or better. Yeah, that dubbing was good or better. I would Although argue I think that, that it was Bebop, Bebop. I think that Bebop, though, was originally English. No, it wasn't. Okay. Oh, it was originally anime, not manga. Yes. It was an I anime th- that became a manga. Yes. I think that I I I still argue for the Bebop dub. I I don't think I'm I'm not going to go as far as to say that it's better, but I will say that like it's one of the more enjoyable dubs I've seen. I think that they chose the voice actors well. I mean, I think that it's about as good as one can really hope for. 
because I've seen a lot of really shitty dubs like where you got the voice actor entirely wrong. Like anytime, a lot of times when you have an anime that um, the uh, the there's a male character voiced by a woman in the Japanese version um and they make they make his voice it. too low in the yep. american version yep yeah. that's my huge I, I know your constant complaint is uh ronin kenshin but like i will argue for like dragon ball did a damn fucking good job of that like i love i mean especially the the like from z kai on the voice actors that they chose for like especially like vegeta and goku absolutely fucking fit perfectly let's go see yamcha yeah no they're they're just they're they're both of them are so good um i mean i thought that the original voice actors that they did for the original z dub was were pretty solid as well but like the modern voice actors are even better um i would say oh man what else had a really good had a dub that i actually really enjoyed um i mean i uh, like i think the only thing i can argue is better in dub than sub is pop team epic i would absolutely agree with that hey hey are you upset i am not upset <laughs> like it works really well in japanese too but um I think it's more impactful for us, at least in English, English. Absolutely. Because <laughs> it does like the same thing of, you know, different voice actors in each of the episodes. Whoa. Oh, fucking seltzer. Bitchin. Yeah. All right. So getting towards the end of this. Oh, yeah. It's giving me some wicked hot bed so i feel like the last thing we should talk about before we like close out is we watched a movie it's an amazon original called bingo hell yeah it was a lot of fun it had the um creepy pedophile guy from doom in 2005 you know the one with the smile yeah (laughs) that guy (laughs) that guy He's been in a bunch of other shit, too. Usually, he's got just... Ugh. The sinister, piercing kind of smile. And then yeah, also... Which... um, Also, the, the witch lady from Drag Me to Hell. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I forget her name, but, like, the two main ladies in that were phenomenal like i really enjoyed them um like the movie itself i think had some difficulty staying within the boundaries it was trying to set for itself it, it made it yeah. kind of made some rules and just or it didn't really make rules it just sort of declined to make rules and then like didn't stick within a consistent set of rules and i think that that is a big mistake with like any kind of remotely fantastical movie it's like if you're not confined to the rules of like the natural world like because you're doing a horror movie or a fantasy movie or a sci-fi thing 
like at least be consistent within your universe. And I don't think that this movie did a really good job of figuring out what its rules. Like, I don't think that the writers did a good job of figuring out what its rules were and sticking to them. So that's my only complaint with the movie. But like, I wasn't expecting this to be like some kind of high sci-fi sort of thing. Like I was expecting this to be like trashy, but fun. And it absolutely fucking was that. Like, the main actors in it were, like, actually really solid, engaging to watch. Like, you know, you had, like, you definitely had some emotional stakes in that situation. Like, you did give a shit about what happened to the characters. Again, and despite, like, it's like, so I can see the logical inconsistencies, but it's not enough to make the movie less enjoyable for me. I mean, again, it's not what I would call a good movie, but it's fun as fuck and I think it's worth a watch. Like, I don't think it's going to be some cult classic or something, but. I concur. (laughs) That has been Emily's rant. Um, (laughs) Welcome to Emily's rant corner where we just like talk about shit and ignore Uh, TJ. Hey, hey, Emily, uh, why don't you lead us out from Emily's rant corner? This has been. This has been Emily's Rant Corner. Were you trying to get me to lead us out from the podcast? Because yeah. like that's your fucking job. I, 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 I mostly buy the beer. You do most of the work. That's fine. Well, that's why we, I was we have to a like... system. No, I'm not. I'm no, 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 no. I'm not taking over your goddamn job. I'll lead us out of Emily's corner, but I am not leading us out of the podcast. I mean, I I mean, this has been New England Beer Reviews. I have been TJ Davis, and I am the biggest idiot ever. And I've been Emily Schick, and there's a really big bee out there. Uh, You can can check us out on, like, Facebook. There would be a lot more screaming and crying if that were the case, but... Yeah, you can check us out on, like, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, I do have a box of gourmet burritos, if you like. Also, why are we I walking did, like this? I did. F- <laughs> You're a cigarette. So I, I did actually finally check our Patreon. We still only have one patron. It's my dad. Once again, we have bonus episodes lined up. We desperately want to do for you. All we ask is that a second fucking person give us any amount of money a well, month. I literally don't care. At least at least two bucks. Yeah, because I think that's that's enough to like cover the fees. Yeah, uh, one dollar in fees, one dollar to us. Yeah. Somebody comes to our Patreon and gives us two bucks. You will be one of two people who can listen to special episodes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I really keep hoping that somebody will care enough. Like, maybe we'll never get there. Maybe we're just gonna have to start fucking recording bonus episodes and. I don't know, just release them for the love of the 15 people who bother listening to us. Probably. I don't know, man. I like. But yeah, let's not get too down on ourselves and wrap this thing up. We love you very much. And yes, we, just we love wanna, you much. Like, we want to we want to keep making content for you. We, we want to give you more. Just give us money. 
Yeah, we we want to do like we're That's trying. terrible. No, no, no. I mean, but realistically, like these are so the the bonus episodes are either something special within New England or something outside of New England, and like we really want to be able to like you know release like limited episodes to like people who actually care about us and like want to continue listening to us or like. Dude, honestly, at this point, it's like, I don't even give a shit if you don't give us money. Fucking send us an email. Interact with us on some social media. If you, like, do that, if even, like, one person does that, we'll do bonus episodes. You don't even have to fucking pay us. We just need to know that somebody besides my dad gives enough of a shit to interact with us. But, yeah. um, Thank you. thank, Thank you, our fans. This has been... New England beer reviews, um, fun times with self-deprecation episode. Woo! Self-deprecation. Yeah, it's what makes people like you, right? That's what I hate. That's what I keep getting told, and that's why I keep trying it. Yeah, just kidding. I was gonna ask if you had a final word, and I'm gonna take it as that. So goodbye, all, and good night. Bye. I love you.